Check one, two. Go ahead. Hi. We're podcasting. Again. Oh, yeah. Let's get the podcast on. Let's get the podcast on. Are you ready? Yeah. You don't like that? I don't know. Matt, that can be the intro to this episode before the title. Hi, I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hey, welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. I'm Kate. And I'm Mike. And if you don't know by now, we are a married couple doing business and life together. We have a baby girl who's now 14 months old, Penelope. We talk about her a lot. And today we are talking about how we recap the year and plan for the year ahead. It's one of my favorite rituals that we do. We usually spend a couple days on this and we just block them out to do this. And we're going to talk about, walk you through what we do how it works for us and how it's really benefited our life and our business. Sounds great. It's apropos for this. How was your weekend? It was awesome. We went to New Hampshire with some friends of ours who have a 16 month old and we had a lot of fun, but it is, (laughs) it is a lot having two babies. It's like on the one hand, it's awesome because there are four parents. So in certain ways it's actually easier because like one person can watch both babies while the other three people like cook or clean up or whatever. But then at the same time you have like one baby wakes the other baby up in the middle of the night and you know, the baby's like taking things from each other and making each other cry. So I'm exhausted. How about you, honey? How was your weekend? It is. It's tiring. Weekend was good. It was fun to see everybody. It was, it was fun really to go fun. to New Hampshire. We took a um, hike in the woods. We played frisbee. Yeah, my wife was afraid of the house we stayed in, or you were Kate. Was, it had yeah. super weird energy. Yeah, I slept terribly because I was just scared the whole time. Yeah, we're not going anywhere else that's in the woods. Every time we go to someplace in the woods, we freak out. I don't remember another time I yes, freaked out it's in the woods. Can before. you remember something specific? We went to a trip that was in the woods, and it was a similar type of thing that happened. See, don't make statements. Every time we do this, you when you literally can't think of one specific instance. It's because I know it happened. Okay. But I don't remember what You have no anyway. data. No. Moving no data. on. <laughs> but it's true, though. This particular house was, was creepy, and I was freaked out. So, do you want to talk about, Mike, before we met, what, if anything, you did to plan out your year, and if there was, like, any focus on that in your life? Sure. I uh, no, there was nothing. I didn't plan anything. <laughs> okay. So I would say, I mean, I would look at always saying I want to do better than the year before. I've always wanted to grow on that, but it's not, I didn't have a formal sit down plan. I didn't have a formal sit down. Like this is what I'm going to do this year. This is where I'm going to go. It was really fly by the seat of my pants. I find out that actually most people are like that. So, because we're not actually taught to plan for the next year. For anything, really. Right. So, it's just about wing it. Let's wing it. And we think, and which is fine. I mean, people can wing it if they want. But what's helpful for me is that the goals that I've had in my life have come true because I've made a dedicated practice to attempt to make them come true. 
I think you'll get better results if you plan. Agreed. Yes. That's my hypothesis. Yes. I think that's good. Did you ever make resolutions? Not really. No. No. I just thought that was stupid because the data (laughs) was like, people don't follow it. So why should I go about doing this? Because also it's like, okay, I could say that in January, but then in March I might change my mind. So it's big. Oh, I'm not going to eat sugar all year. Well, you know what? That's not reality for the most part. So like in April, I might eat a piece of fruit. Oh boy. I just violated that resolution. Yeah. So you're like looking at me like I'm It's a very silly example. No, it's not because it's the same thing. It's like people get all excited about a gym. Like I worked at a gym and our memberships used to go skyrocket in January, but then in February they don't show up. So it's like why? And I think it's because you don't have a plan as well. So if you think about a lot of resolutions, it's saying, well, I want to lose 20 pounds, but then what's the plan to lose 20 pounds? It's just like, well, I'm just joining a gym. Well, that's good. Step one, but also what's the following for that? So no, I never really set any resolutions. I just, I didn't think it was necessary because it was something that I always try to improve my life during the year. So just dedicating that in January, not to me, didn't work. How about you? Well, I just came up with a theory, which is that I think part of the reason that resolutions fail is that If you think about the seasons and where we are sort of energetically in nature in January, it is not a fresh start time. It's deep in the middle of winter and it's cold and it's dark and like we just want to take a nap. And so the idea that that would be the beginning of our year, I I understand that's how the calendar is organized, but somebody just decided that. The calendar used to be organized according to the seasons and according to the planting schedule and according to what the earth was doing. And so I think it's just manufactured and weird that anything is like kicking off in January, worst time ever to kick off. Um, so that's my own thought. But we and do that. Are we, we kicking off anything past. in January this year? Not this year. Not no. this year. No, because I've become more aware that it seem, it feels manufactured. Like it feels against what my body wants to do and sort of where my energy is. So the winter time is actually like January, February, December, January, February. It's the darkest time of the year. And it's a really good time to go within and kind of reassess and look at what's working in my life and what's not working. So sometimes I've gotten sort of panicky about getting all the, you know, year end review done and all of the year long planning done like before December 31st. And I'm just going to publicly state right now that this year I'm going to be a little more relaxed about it, knowing that the entire season of winter, December, January, February, let's say, and let's be honest in Maine, March is definitely winter as well. But that entire season is a great time to be going within and reassessing and taking stock. One of the things I always like this little mantra in my head, it's kind of silly, but I always think of taking stock and making stock. Like during the wintertime, you always want to make soup. There's this feeling of making soup and taking stock of your life. And it's a really great time to make soup and be thinking about and reassessing so that in the springtime, when the energy is really about rebirth and new beginnings, Then you can come out and launch something. That would be a great time to start a new fitness program. 
that's more of an energetically supported sort of like cosmically globally supported time to come out and start new things. So I'm just going to radically say like, I'm not really going to renew anything or start fresh in January. I'll be starting kind of like mid March to late March around my birthday, which is March 21st. Got it. Okay. For me. Right, but And I invite others to check in with themselves and see how that feels to them, too. But we are still going to, because we live on planet Earth in the United States, where we use this calendar, and so does everyone else, we are still going to do some year-end review and start planning, because, like, the fiscal year runs from, you know, January 1st to December 31st, and, like, the team year and, you know, all of that. So I'm not going to completely reject it, but at the same time, I'm not going to put this pressure to, like, come out guns blazing, like, all fresh and renewed January 1st, because January 1st is like kind of like it's sleepy. <laughs> Snow on the ground. It's not very light out. It's still winter. Great. Does that make sense? It does. I like your philosophy. Okay. Well, we also have a team and a business to run, so we're not going to put everything on hold until March. No, and I didn't say on hold. There's well, like an energetic there, okay, so flavor. Hold on a second. The, I'm down with your plan here, what you're going with, Okay. But we're still going to finish our year-end review before January. I said that. Well, yes, you did, and you did not. So you also said, like, oh, I'm not going to put pressure on myself to get it done by the end of the year. To have, like, a full, exact, like, every year in the past, I've always felt like, oh, my God, if I don't get this done somehow, I'll have completely missed the opportunity to create a great plan. And the reality is we always get it done before December 31st. But like if there's some follow-up conversations that need to happen, let's say in January, or we need to sort of regroup and renegotiate in February and change the plan a little bit, that's completely fine. Like I'm just saying, you know how I am. I can be very black and white, like one or 10 yeah. and I can get obsessive about things. So I'm just telling True you statement <laughs> right there, but I'm welcoming in this different energy, which is that, yes, I want to have pretty much our 2017 plan done by December 31st. However, if there's some tweaking that needs to be done, the winter time is a great time to reassess, look at your business, look at your life, see what's working and let go of what's not working and course correct. Okay, so do you want to give the kind of the overview of yes. how we, like, what's the structure of how we do this year-end review and annual planning? Structure! Yes. We basically talk about our personal life. So, like, as a couple, what went well, what didn't go well. So, we break it down into two things. What went well, what did not go well. And we look at our relationship, like our marriage. We'll probably add, like, a parenting category into there because I think that's something we could add... Then we look at our health and fitness. So what went well for both of us for health and fitness. And then we also look at our money stuff, like financial things. And then we our business is part of this as well. So we break down our business in just the business as its own category. And we talk about some travel. That's a whole category because we love to travel. So that's a big thing in our life. And then we break down like our USANA business and inside of our business, we break it into the different aspects of our business. So we really have more than one business. We have our USANA network marketing company. Then we have KateNorthrop.com. And then we have like Kate inside of KateNorthrop.com includes Kate speaking gigs, book, all that stuff. So, and then also my coaching that we, that's another business as well. So that'd be MikeJWatts.com, et cetera. That's been going on there. So coaching small business and entrepreneur owners. So then also we have for myself overall. So we talk about specifically me and then we talk specifically Kate and what I was excited about. What did I do this year 
that I was proud of, what didn't go so well this year. And that kind of sums it up. And then we talk about what did we learn in this year as well. And then we also go, so a bigger thing we do. So I'm just listing all this stuff out now, but we'll also summarize it again because that was sounds a little bit all over the place. But we basically break it down each month. So we start our very first meeting as we sit down. So this will be in December and we say what went well. We look back at our calendars for January of 2016 and we go February, March, et cetera, all the way through December. And, and we write out key highlights. Key highlights for each other. Separated so, by month. And we right do that by I'm going through Google Looking calendar. at April, which we did this last year. So April of 2015, Kate went to Koya Retreat in Costa Rica and met Eliza Reynolds. Mike went to LA and hung out with James Wedmore, Penny, and Phil Kirk. We went to a circus show at Thompson's Point. We flew to Pittsburgh for my grandmother's funeral. And we hung out with Nancy Reed and her family. And we went to Sewickley to see the house where Kate's dad grew up. Lots of emotions, she says. And so things like that. That's what we talk about. So that's that, like that's a few things that happen in April. We go down. We do a lot of stuff. Wow. We are Well, that's active. what's really helpful about this process. It's called digestion. My teacher and friend, Regina Thomas-Hauer, who is Mama Gina, she just wrote a book called Pussy, a Reclamation, which is my, that name might totally freak you out, but it's an amazing book. And she says, undigested good turns to shit, which is a really interesting thing. Like we usually tend to just go through our lives and move from day to day without thinking about how far we've come and without acknowledging ourselves for what we've actually created and what we've actually done. And it's a really great practice to go through month by month, just go through your calendar and write out the highlights because you'll feel like, wow, that was a robust year. Like look at all this stuff that happened. This is amazing. Instead of just rushing through our lives and forgetting all the things that actually happen. And it's a beautiful way to end the year to just to take a look at all of it and to really take stock of what happened in the year. And then it gives you a great framework then for moving forward to say, okay, well, looking at 20, I know like in 2014, when we looked at everything, it was like, oh my God, the one thing I know for sure looking at everything here in 2014 is that we need to do less. Like I remember yeah. that very clearly. And so for 2015, I think we did a really good job with that. Well, let's look at, so I just shared a little bit about our overview, but here's like a great example. At the end, when we were all done, we wrote down 2016 intentions and we spent, you know, number one is spend quality time as a family and enjoy our little pee. I believe we've done a lot we've of that. Definitely done a lot of that. Keep the spaciousness we felt in 2015. I yeah, agree. I feel very spacious. We do a retirement account, like fill up our buckets. We yeah. definitely filled that up. We maxed that out for what we could do. Mike pays off his truck. You well, did that? Did that. I actually got rid of the truck and then got a new car, which was not expected because it lowered monthly payments, etc. Mm -hmm. And we could run it through our business. So it was actually a much smarter decision. We did the re Money Love course relaunch. We did that. So we launched the mm -hmm. poster that Kate has. We did that as well. There's some stuff in here we haven't done, which is pretty cool. And what's funny is, I will just say, we never... Mike don't finds a therapist. <laughs> you kind of did that. Check. Did yeah. that. We don't look at these throughout the year. I'm just going to be honest. No, this is the first time we looked we at this last year. We might start, but what I, what's kind of fun about not looking... So we keep a big book that we do this every single year. So we keep everything all in the same book. And that's what we did in childhood with my family. Every New Year's Eve, we would get together and kind of do a New Year's Eve ritual. And my mom would 
light a candle for the past, light a candle for the present and light a candle for the future. And we would sit in a circle and do a meditation. And then we would all talk about completions for the year before. So things we were proud of from the year before or milestones. And then we would talk about intentions for the next year. And my mom would write them all out in this big book. And it would actually be really funny to go back and see like what my completions were and intentions were when I was like seven or, well, even or cool. nine. We but even to go back in, for 2013. Started in 2013. Is pretty cool. So we keep it all in the same book because it's a really great way to look back. Yep. Um, and it's like a chronicling of your life. But I think it's really fun to look at our intentions and see which ones did manifest even without us keeping this, you know, it's not like we looked at it every day. We, in fact, we haven't looked at it since last December. Right. And then which ones didn't. And I don't feel like a shame or a problem about the fact that some of them didn't come true. Like to me, an intention is like a, if you're steering a ship, it's like your compass. You use it as a compass to steer the ship towards something, but you're constantly course correcting. You're never exactly like I have steered a 140 foot schooner before. You're never exactly due course on the compass setting that you're wanting to go. And so to me, intentions are that they are keeping you generally pointed in the right direction. And then sometimes along the way, we create things that we didn't even suspect we would create. And that's why some of the intentions don't happen, because we came across new things. And then we re you know, we re steered to a different setting. But to me, it's not a problem that intentions that we don't do everything that we set out to do. In fact, I think it's impossible to do everything we set out to do. True. Here's something from 2013. We wrote down on desires for our honeymoon to the Maldives. And we listed like 12 places here. Yeah. Thailand's on here. We did two out of the 12 that were here for our honeymoon. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't think that we were planning on going to all of those. I think they no, were it was just, just ideas. <laughs> they were just ideas. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, you just write stuff down as ideas or intentions, what you want to do and see what comes true. It's pretty cool. So first we go through the calendar and we go through highlights of each month. Then what we do is we go through and we do our categories. So then we'll say like, okay, once we go through December, then we do like a 2015 or this year, it'll be a 2016 roundup. And we actually never filled it out last year, which is really interesting that we were sort of moving away from the quantifiable stuff. But we have it set up, which is with empty spots, with the number of trips we took, the number of new USANA associates we added to our team, the number of USANA preferred customers, the number of Freedom Family, which is our USANA team members that we had at convention, our gross income, our net income, and then our list growth. So those are some of the roundup of just like, let's say, metrics for our business. And then life in general, we have a whole list of just kind of like life in general, what went well. So we have that listed out and then we have USANA, what went well and then what didn't go well, katenorthup.com, what went well, what didn't go well, travel, what went well, what didn't go well, finances, what went well, what didn't go well, our relationship, what didn't go well, friends and family, same, health and fitness, same, and then Mike overall and then Kate overall. And then what we learned in 2015, like all together. So I'll just share a couple of the things that we wrote down for what we learned in 2015. Doing one project at a time is awesome. I love that. I really learned about valuing Western medicine in a new way, seeing doctors and nurses as angels. And that was as a result of my birth experience. We really learned that in a deeper way that less really is more and to value the fun and magic we bring to our business and how much space saying no creates. 
and the power of going deeper instead of wider. So then after we do what we learned in 2015, that's when we do our intentions for the year, right? And those we don't categorize. We certainly could categorize it this year. At this point, we haven't. And sometimes I like to come up with a word for my year to just sort of guide my word, guide my year. I know, I think actually for the last two years, my word was spaciousness. And to be perfectly honest, I might choose that word again. (laughs) To me, it just like helps me bring back anytime I'm making a decision about whether or not to say yes on a project, what to do in a day, you know, whether or not to take a trip, that sort of thing. It really helps me to come back to a word that I want as my theme for the year. And it's not like I think about it all the time, but I remember it enough times to matter. So for me, spaciousness has just helped me not jam pack the schedule and has left me with more white space to be calm, be rested, be with Penelope. And I will say like, I work now three to three and a half days a week, as opposed to what I used to work, which is sort of like six or seven days a week all day long. And it's amazing the fact that our business has continued to stay steady and grown in some cases, even though both of us work way less than we used to. So I think that's kind of miraculous. Because we learned about the concept of outsourcing that we talked about before. Outsourcing and not doing too many things at the same time. Correct. Which I would say we're still even learning. Like it's a refinement process, right? Like there's not a moment where you suddenly say, okay, I'm going to learn to outsource and I'm going to learn to prioritize and I'm going to learn to only work on one thing at once and not multitask. And then suddenly the next day you're like, great, I'm perfect at it. This is a skill and it's something to keep coming back to. And I'm constantly refining and reminding myself like, oh yeah, don't work on 20 things at the same time. Like multitasking isn't possible. Let's get focused here. Right. Yeah. So what's this been like for you, Mike, going from not doing any planning to doing this somewhat extensive? I mean, this isn't out of control. I know some people who do way more than this, but this really works for us. What's been some of the things that it's been like for you? Well, I like just looking back in this notebook right now to see what we did in 2013 and 2014. Because when you operate your life, you forget about all those things, especially now that we have a child. You know, I notice for families that are out there, it's like, I forget what I did last week you know, or yesterday for that. It's tough. So it allows to look back and reflect on earlier this year where it's like Penelope first started to crawl or when she first started to walk. Like those are really cool moments. And so it's really cool to say, okay, what did I do? And when I look back in this book right now, I could say, all right, so August of 2013, what did we do? You know, we set up the Watts Trust Fund for Penelope, we went camping in Vermont. Like I didn't even think I haven't even thought about that or see Romeo and Juliet in the park. Oh, that was fun. You no, know, that was so and stuff like that. We visited Chris Carr and Brian in Woodstock. Yeah, cool. And shot Chat and Chew. Yeah, Chat and Chew. <laughs> the link to that was video. That the song or the, no? The no, Chat no. and Chew was Chris interviewing me. Right, about but the I book. think was it Chew and Chat, Chat and Chew. Yeah, I don't know. So it, and then like your book came out in September. So we had the book launch, and then that was you know Today Show and Yahoo Finance. So. Those things are really cool to think and look back upon. We went to the Pink Concert, or you went to the Pink Concert in Vancouver in October. That was so So fun. you had the speaking gig with Daniel Laporte. So it's like stuff like that. I love looking back and reflecting on. So that was three years ago now, right? And so you think back to just like, what did I do three years ago? There's no way I could sit here and be like, well, let's see if I think I don't have a photographic memory. So it's like I'm not sitting back thinking about, well, in 2013, in August, I went to... This. So it, this has been very helpful 
And I really like it at the end of the year. And then it helps for planning for next year as well. Well, it really, to me, like, I think that at least I've found kind of my humanity is that my default is to I'm not doing enough and I don't have enough. And I don't know if that's just growing up in the United States or, you know, What's our culture? being overly ambitious or what it is. But there is this like, I come back to, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough. Right. And I would say like all my work in the world is trying to shift that in myself and trying to help others shift it in themselves as well. That's basically what I do. I feel like that's what our business is about. And so what's cool about this process is when I read that, even just a few bullet points from August, 2013, I feel full, like in a good way. I feel like, wow, those were some amazing experiences. And you know, our mind, subconscious mind, does not differentiate between whether something is actually happening or whether we are thinking about something happening, like visualizing something happening. So there's this cool feeling where I'm thinking back on that trip to Vancouver when I went to see the pink show with Danielle Veith and Danielle Laporte and my friend Shayla Davison. And I'm like thinking about that night and I'm feeling so filled up by that emotionally and feeling like, wow, that was amazing. And my subconscious does not distinguish whether that's actually happening right now or whether that was happening in the past. So I still get the physiological benefits of feeling connected, feeling excited, feeling like, oh my God, that was the best show ever. And I love pink, like that whole thing. So there's real benefits to looking back. And sometimes you'll look back and it'll be hard stuff too. I'm not saying it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns. And I think there's benefit in that too, because sometimes looking back on the hard stuff, like I remember a time in my life where I had such bad anxiety that I couldn't eat for weeks and I was throwing up all the time. And I was like literally all day, every day, I was just thinking these anxious, obsessive thoughts. It was a real dark time for me. And I look back at that and I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not experiencing that anymore. And it makes me feel like, wow, how far I've come. So whether it's, you know, great stuff or not so great stuff, I see a lot of benefit in doing sort of year in review things and keeping track somewhere where you can come back to it, like one big book. Yeah. Cool. Do you? Yes, I do. Great. Is there anything that you'd like to do differently this year that. when we <clears throat> sit down and look at our year in review and do our intentions? Or do you like how we've been doing it? No, I like how we've been doing it. I think one thing we look at those categories that we've laid out yeah. and decide if we need to go through all of them. Yeah. I'm not sure we need all the categories. Yeah. And it would just be... Like maybe we have a category that's business. Or no, no probably no, we need to... No. no, you're right. So I think it's the overview of for both of us, but then also just to make sure we have enough time to plan. Because I know like when you go through... I remember last year we scheduled like two days to do it and it's it's a lot. Like when you look through your calendar in January, you reflect on everything you did and then you have to take a break because we could do this for hours. And, you know, so I think it's really important that we sit down and just give ourselves enough space to do this this year. Because last year, the reason we didn't fill in those blanks, because I remember this now, is that we ran out of time on that day we were doing it. It was really the roundup was the last thing we had to do and we just never came back to finish it. So it's just like to make sure that we give ourselves enough space to do that and schedule on the days like Penelope's in daycare where we can have the full days to do that. That's the only thing. But I like the process that we've been doing. I wouldn't say maybe not do it on the floor in the living room. That's where we've done it the past couple of times. We can do it at this table where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Or we could just go to the community workspace. Yeah, we could go to the... Because that gets a little uncomfortable for me. I don't enjoy sitting on the floor for hours. Yeah, maybe we could rent out that conference room. Yeah. and Or reserve the conference yeah. room. Mike has an awesome co-working space he goes to called Cloudport. 
here in Portland. If you if actually, you... that's a great thing that we should do because. And then we when you're a... at home, you get like distracted, and you're like, "Oh, I got to run upstairs and get this," and then it's like, "Let's make some food." So when you actually go someplace, that could be good for anyone listening to this. You're much more focused, where it's like, "Okay, we're coming in here, we're getting this done, and then we're going to go home." Because the reality is, we all want to go back home. So it's like if we're at the community workspace, we're going to get the work done and go home. So I, I don't know. Sometimes do. I really want to get out of the house. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't know that I always want to go back home. But do you think four days would be solid if we scheduled four days that Penelope had daycare? I think three. And maybe just put a fourth like on there Like we do for... a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, Friday. So let's say three to four days. We'll take a look at it. Because we did two last year. And that was not enough. Yeah. Two was not enough. Three might be enough. But maybe we'll throw a fourth on there just because I like having extra time. Great. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically our process. And then, of course, we look at the calendar. We do have those big calendars that you write on with eraser markers. What are those things called? Dry erase markers. Yep. And that hangs in Mike's office. So we transfer things that we know are happening that are like big things. Like let's say we're taking a trip that goes on the big calendar. We're doing a launch that goes on the big calendar. Someone's birthday that's major that goes on the big calendar. So that way, like at any given time, I can walk into Mike's office and look at that calendar on the wall and know, honestly, just at a glance, like if an area of time, like if a month looks too booked or not. And that can really help me. Like if let's say somebody asked me to do a speaking gig and I go look at October, October always seems to be like the most packed crazy month. I would like to one year just take October off (laughs) just because it always, I don't know why it always just seems crazy busy. And then it can help me just to judge visually to say like, wow, there's already a lot of writing in October, meaning literally like writing on the calendar. That means it's full. Maybe I want to reassess and not do this particular thing. Or maybe I don't care and I want to do it. So I was actually just up there today looking at December and January, noticing that there's not much on the calendar. And I was feeling really good about that. I love looking at white space. I used to be terrified of white space and it made me anxious when I was looking at it. And now it makes me feel really calm. So that's been When did this start? When did this feeling of calm happen? I think um, over the last two years, just shifting and choosing the word spaciousness as my guiding force. And then also having a baby because I see how much more powerful and enjoyable my time is with Penelope when I don't have anything I'm trying to get done at the same time. Like if I have a day with her where it's literally just like, I'm with Penelope, I'm not also going to try to write a blog post or I'm not also going to try to clean up the house or whatever. It's usually a really fun day. Like we can just sit on the floor and just giggle and I can chase her around and read books and whatever. Cool. What else, honey? I don't have anything else. Are we good on this topic? I believe so, yes. Okay, great. What do you guys do? I want to know. What else so we could write learn in from someone listening? On the comments, katenorthup.com forward slash podcast on this episode. We'd love to hear what you do. We're always open for new ideas. And then if you like this, please subscribe on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Share Leave it. us a review. Share with your friends. Sit down with your partner, your coworker, your business partner by yourself do this process. Let us know how it goes for you. We'd be really curious to hear. And Mike, don't you have a program on your website that kind of goes through I do. goal setting? Um, yeah, it's called How to Create a Life. How to Create a Life. Something like that. I can't remember the title of it. It's something that cool. 
It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be a link in the show notes that I have. It's like $37 that I created around what we actually do to plan all of this stuff out. Right. Because this is sort of the big picture high level. And then once it gets to actually like identifying projects and then laying those out, Mike's really the master of the systems and the funnels and the like (laughs) making the logistics actually work on that. So that would be a great thing to check out. MikeJWatts.com. We'll and just it's link under it up in the show notes. Yeah. Shop, probably. Something, something. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Yep. Subscribe. And we... Tell your friends. Tell your mom about this. Tell your mom about the Kate and I Mike I found show. out that my mom listens to this show. Well, so does my mom. Oh, that's great. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, moms. Okay. Well, happy holidays, everybody. And have a great time reviewing your year and planning out the next fabulous year. It's great. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.